Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico from the Mainland China Podcast, Source Point Asia, and uh, Source Point Asia Consulting Company, and Source Point Asia YouTube channel. So, in this episode, I had a chance to interview a fellow InterChina member. His name is David Shu. Fascinating guy. He's the CEO and co-founder of Bears Nutrition, um, which is basically a premium kids nutrition company on the go. They're importing. Into China, so this is uh, one again, like something that I'm fascinated with, something that a lot of you guys who've reached out to me have, you know, requested, and and I've had maybe I've touched on it a few times, and I'm still learning because, I mean, China is such a huge market; it's so difficult to break into, but it's such a huge market, and you know, he's got an amazing team, which he'll talk about in the episode, and um, you know, he's also just a serial entrepreneur, so it's definitely not his first company. A uh, very very brilliant guy. Like I enjoyed talking to him.、Uh, I just like his personality. I felt like we could be buddies if we hung out, you know.、Um, so yeah.、Uh, without further ado, before I jump into the the actual episode, just wanted to make a quick quick announcement.、Um, like I said, we are doing a China pre accelerator. That's October eighth to the fifteenth. I'm not going to touch too much on it.、Uh, if you want to see the details, you can. Check the show notes. We're gonna link it up in the description below. But it's basically a, a seven-day accelerator program where people are gonna come and work out of my office. It's gonna be a small group of people, five to seven people.、Uh, all expenses paid except for flights.、Um, and you know, we're gonna take you from, you know, you knowing the product that you want to sourcing a supplier and me teaching you everything that I know. So, without further ado, enjoy the episode. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. All right, David.、Uh, yeah, so just wanted to start at the beginning, I guess. Like,、um, can you give me or my listeners a little bit of you know your history in in business? Uh, sure. Yeah, happy to.、Uh, so, let's see. I've been out of college for almost six years now. Well, quite, quite, quite a bit of time.、Uh, and so, let's see here.、Uh, I, by by training, I'm actually an environmental science and an economist.、Uh, I got my master's in geology and、uh, a dual undergrad in geology and economics.、Uh, I actually started working for an energy company. It was the Norwegian State Energy Company, straight out of school,、uh, where I was. Uh, doing what's effectively business intelligence or exchanging information about our company with other companies, and in exchange for for what they were up to as well.、Uh, let's see.、Uh, shortly thereafter, I stuck with the, the same company. It's called Equinor, which is it's effectively the state oil,、uh, state energy company of Norway, part of a you know what's effectively a trillion dollar、uh, fund over there.、Uh, and I was on their 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 venture、right. capital team. Yeah, it was a massive, massive sovereign wealth fund. Uh, so I was I was part of the state energy company、uh, in their venture capital. It's it's hard to even wrap my mind around those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 humongous. So,、uh, just briefly, Norway they struck oil and and large large like Middle Eastern sized quantities of oil、uh, back in the '60s,、uh, and so they've got a long history of technology development、uh, because it was offshore、uh, to to pull those out, and you know unlike. You know some of the other countries out there that、uh, that 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 struck large quantities of oil. They managed to、uh, to you know to sort of save a lot of their their revenue surplus and effectively invested in into into a number of securities. So 
uh, foreign exchange uh, stocks and real estate primarily. Uh, and so that, that, that fund has just been growing, you know, both because of, you know, what's effectively tax revenue from, from, from oil royalties, but then also, uh, from, from, you know, investing as well. So, uh, but I was, I was cool. on the venture capital side. So. Awesome. And then after that, what happened? Uh, so let's see. So towards the end of 2016, I, uh, I got called up by a former mentor of mine. Uh, he had a general idea about, bringing nutrition to Asia, right? Uh, which was a little bit counter to, to, you know, what most people do, which is, which is source things in Asia and then, and then typically sell them in the West. Right. So uh-huh. after quite a bit of discussion, uh, and a lot of deliberation and, and, and lots and lots of market research as well, uh, I decided to jump ship and, you know, take, you know, what, what, what he calls the mother of all pay cuts to, uh, to start a company and, and, and start stemming the tide and, and actually start, you know, exporting to Asia as opposed to importing, uh, you know, from Asia. Uh, I should uh-huh. probably note in, in sort of, uh, while I was, you know, out in Norway doing, uh, you know, working, working effectively as a, as, as a professional, uh, I would, I would moonlight and, uh, you know, do a little bit of e-commerce as well. So, yeah. And I think we, uh, I mean, we connected through the interchina community, right? Um, I saw that I saw you had, posted something about Afton socks. So uh, can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. So Afton, it's, it's, it's actually a family company. So, so basically, you know, my father, he's been a vascular surgeon for over 30 years. So he helps fix the veins behind legs. You know, when, when the veins start popping out, he, he comes in, he fixes them and improves their circulation. Right. So for the past 30 years, one of his best remedies uh, after surgery to, to help speed recovery and to improve vein health was to, uh, was to actually sell, uh, compression socks, uh, after, after surgeries. Right. So, you know, basically while I was out in Norway, you know, he came up or we came up with this idea, uh, of, uh, making, uh, our own because we saw so many on the market, frankly, that were just, you know, basically they're, they're purely profit driven. Right. So, uh, no FDA approval, uh, you know, large variety and compression size. So, you know, my dad being a very high integrity, you know, well-trained physician, he said, you know, is there any way that we can do this and make it, let's say, uh, bring it up to, to medical grade standards again, but still have it be accessible for the everyday consumer. So, uh, we decided, uh-huh. you know, just to you know, go into it and, you know, a couple of years later, uh, we're still, we're still up and doing it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, you you're not making those in in China, but obviously, uh, you know, I think the e-commerce aspect is is very relatable for my audience. I'm just curious, why? What made you guys choose not to produce them in, in China? So when it comes to China, uh, we, you know, for for us, it was it was not that there was anything in uh, in particular that was wrong with China. It was just that we found a manufacturer. In Italy, uh, that got along quite well with us, uh, both on a personal level and on 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 sort of a level of the caliber and the style of product that they made. Uh, so mm-hmm. there was nothing. Yeah, it wasn't anything that uh, that would preclude us from from going with a, a Chinese uh, a Chinese factory. Uh, it was just that we really liked the one that we ended up with. Yeah. So I mean, what was that process like? Like, uh, just just uh, out of curiosity, um, how did you end up getting connected with the factory in in Italy? Uh, you know, we we started doing a lot of cold searching. That was one big one. Uh, 
so basically, <laughs> we started off with Google. Uh, let's see, mm-hmm. we had some those people do. Yeah, exactly. So, so we, we, we really did just, it, it started off as just a bit of a Google search. Uh, it turns out that, you know, over the course of, you know, let's say a couple of, of decades or so of, of selling compression socks, uh, he knew a couple of people in industry. We got a couple of leads that way. Uh, but the thing that, that ended up uh, working out the best for us was we actually started figuring out who the manufacturers of these machines were. Uh, we started looking into the machines themselves we figured out, hey, there's this one particular machine that's made by this company that makes a style of sock that is really good for us, uh, for, for, for you know, the specific applications for us. So we uh, mm-hmm. called up the company, asked who they sold it to, and we sourced our manufacturer that way. Yeah, so you kind of reversed engineered the, the situation to find out who was making the product. You got it. Yep, you got it. So we called, we called up the, the, the machine maker. And said, "Who's using your machine?" Uh, they gave us a, a short list, and uh, we contacted them. And we found our manufacturer. It was great. That's very interesting because, like, I've actually, I've done that before um, with uh, I don't remember which product it was, but it was it was an electronic uh, product, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of just we <laughs> we we kind of like looked at the 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 components in in the product, and then sort of went who's making this and then finally through that process of going through who's making this we found the you know the final assembly factory and we started working with them uh, on on that product and it was just because the client that we were working with really wanted to find that specific supplier so it, it's 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 funny it is it is possible to do it it does take way more effort and, and way more work and i think most people most people just want to jump on, on Alibaba and, and, and find a supplier, you know? <laughs> yeah, we went a little deep on that one, but uh, uh, that's kind of the level of, of, of you know, borderline obsession. I think, it's wor- I think it's worth it because, I mean, that's how you end up working with uh, factories that other people don't or you end up finding, you know, the, the gem of a factory that, that isn't listed online or in the traditional, um, the traditional spaces where you would find them. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know, there were a number of Chinese uh, Chinese manufacturers who they seemed they seemed okay. Uh, I will say really briefly that uh, you know, China China seems it's a, it's a bit like the Wild West at the moment, which is which is amazing. And but you also have to be a little bit careful, I think. Uh, you know, let me know if if, uh-huh. if, if you know you agree with this. Uh, so it turns out that the environmental standards for 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 manufacturing for uh, you know for for textiles and these kinds of things uh, was a little bit looser in China. So you know it turned out that there were a couple of companies that were making socks that were like they they had like traces of formaldehyde and other you know kind of harmful chemicals in there, uh, you know, and then plenty that weren't as well. So let me make that super super clear. Uh, but we just had to be a little bit uh-huh. more careful when, when when picking our manufacturer. And, there actually were a couple of Chinese companies that we were very seriously considering. It is possible. Um, I mean, it is possible. That's why I always recommend uh, people do QC and, and and do their own due diligence when it comes to certain factories, especially when you you find a factory that's like really really inexpensive and it seems too if it's too good to be true, it probably is. You know, mm-hmm. um, you 
just have to you have to you have to figure out why is this factory so much cheaper than everybody else and a lot of times it might be because they're cutting cutting corners and using materials they're not supposed to use um in terms of environmental laws of course traditionally things have been have been looser uh but in the last two years the the government's really been cracking down and they've shut down a lot of factories like last year um around this time of the year uh, especially factories involved in textiles, um, specifically uh, the factories involved with the raw materials for textiles, they 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 produce a lot of of waste, mm-hmm. and um, you know the government's been trying to trying to get these factories to upgrade their their waste management systems and 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 uh, get to the sort of global environmental standards. And I don't know, I don't remember what the amount was, but it was. You know, hundreds, if not thousands, of factories got shut down, and we were directly affected by that because during that time period, we were doing uh, mass production for a couple of clients, and the productions got shut down for like a month, oh, while the factories had to like upgrade their machinery and go through the inspection process. Right, so <laughs> they're uh, yeah, it's definitely been traditionally like that, but the, they're they're making a lot of strides uh, to to improve and, and change uh, the. The perception of China. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's 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 really good. Yeah, and and you know, I'll just mm-hmm. you know sort of belabor and make it super clear that you know I think there are probably more you know high quality factories than there are uh, not. You know, it's just a mm-hmm. matter of finding which ones are good, right? For sure. So before we jump into, I guess the the meat and potatoes, which is the, your imports with bears bear nutrition. Um, You've been to China before, right? That's correct. Yeah, uh, I think the first time was nice. We had a nice conversation about that last week. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything from uh, from 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 eating, you know, turtle and and, and centipede in, in in southern China to uh, you know visiting a a super critical coal factory or, uh, or coal power plant up in Shanghai, uh, where it, it literally looked like it looked like winter uh, because of the uh, because of the ash coming down. Uh, you know, and, you know, just the, the the sheer scale of it all is just insane. Uh, yeah, just so you know, Afton is 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 based at this point. You know, it's it's my dad probably does the vast majority of it. He's semi retired now, and he's looking for things to to play around with. But I, I I do help a little bit on the e-commerce side now. So, um, but bears, on the other hand, is 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 you know, this is like my full time thing. So, one hundred percent. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, what was that? There was an egg dish that you told me about that you, you used to, <laughs> you you enjoyed when you were here, and and then you found out the secret ingredient to it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so this was back in this is I think it was either nineteen ninety four or nineteen ninety six. Uh, the first time I had ever been to China. Uh, just uh, you know, for your, for your listeners, I'm I've I was born and raised in the states in Cal- in Southern California. Uh, and my, my family is, is ethnically Taiwanese, right? So I'd been to Taiwan a couple of times, uh, you know, much, uh, very tasty, you know, palate over there and, and, and the food that they use, but also, you know, pretty Western friendly. So beef, pork, chicken, noodles, rice, veggies, and so on, right? So when I went out to China, uh, we were down in Guangzhou of all places. Um, and for those of, you know, for, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners. My city. Yeah, exactly. Guangzhou represent, right? Uh, so, so the interesting thing about Guangzhou is that they they're known for their cuisine, um, and and they're also known for just how exotic the cuisine can be sometimes. So, you know, we were we were at you know at a at a at a restaurant for lunch, right? You know, they had everything from you know turtle soup to snake to 
you know, chicken feet and so on. And, you know, as, as sort of a eight, nine year old, I would try a little bit of it to be polite and then I'd, you know, uh, you know, kind of gracefully look for other things to eat. Right. Well, the thing that I, I sort of landed on, on this, on this sort of lazy Susan, this like rolling table, uh, or rotating table, if you will, was, was these eggs, right? They were effectively, they're, they're, they're just like, you know, salty scrambled eggs with some soy sauce. I thought these things were delicious and, you know, I could tell that they didn't come from some kind of a reptile. I was super, super excited about it, right? So I just piled it on, piled it on on top of the rice. Uh, so I was chewing it, I was eating it, this was great. And I realized, oh, it's a little bit crunchy, which, you know, as a, you know, some eight-year-old child, you know, that was just a nice little, nice little, nice little addition, right? So, you know, the texture to it. Yeah, exactly. It just gives it a little bit of flavor, right? Uh, so, you know, it turns out, uh, I flipped over one of the pieces of egg and there was a centipede in there, like a full on centipede. And I flipped another one and there was another <laughs> one. Right? So it was literally just like, it was scrambled <laughs> eggs, but completely full of bugs. And that was, and it was, you know, and that's the way it was supposed to be. Um, <laughs> I can't say I would have handled it exactly the same as you at that age. I probably would have freaked out. I probably would have freaked out now if I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was a little, um, I was a little taken aback, but, you know, yeah, you roll with it. Yeah, the caterpillar fungus, on the other hand, I right. so, briefly was 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 also pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've talked about my experiences eating uh, uh, eating Kentucky Fried Snake over here, <laughs> and, uh, turtle soup. Somebody tried to get me to to drink cow testicles soup, <laughs> and I was like. Uh, I, I'm not doing that. Okay. You said it was good, good for a good, good for men. You know, good, good uh, for your okay. whatever. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. All right. So, so know, there's a lot of things that are good for good for men. <laughs> it's either good for men; it makes a man strong, as as my friends would say, or it's good for women's skin. Like uh, those are the those are the two things. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just too funny. Uh, so 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 you you had the snake. But you, you you drew the line at uh, the private parts, huh? Yeah, I had I had the snake. I mean, the snake was just one of those where it's like, uh, I mean, it's too good of an opportunity to pass up. Also, I'm I'm actually afraid of snakes, Ooh. so it was uh, it was kind of like facing your fears. <laughs> yeah, like we um, like it, you go to this high end uh, Chinese restaurant and it's huge, right? And then uh, they actually took us to the back where there's an aquarium mm-hmm. of snakes and. Um, you know, he, the guy took out one snake by its tail. I mean, they're domesticated; like those, those are farmed snakes. So uh, he took it out by its tail. Then I, I, I held it as well, and it kind of like uh, it, uh, it coiled up, and I was like, "Oh, I can't do this." I dropped it. <laughs> and, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not like I'm not sure if that was the snake that they used for us, but uh, it was interesting. It was a very interesting experience. Wow, that's amazing. And so half an hour later, you were eating its cousin or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, like I said, like it was very well, like the way they presented is, you know, they, they cut it up into pieces. Like, um, I mean, it's it's a snake, right? So it's like you have sections of the snake. It's almost like eating ribs or something wow. like that. And I mean, of course, it has all these tiny bones. And then you could see the, the, the sort of the pattern of its skin. Um, and then it was deep fried. So um, I, to me, it tasted like it really did taste like um, like chicken. Really, like I, this, that's the only way I could describe it. It tastes like chicken to me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, hmm. 
Good to know yeah. for, for next time, you know, we'll, we'll the next love. ask for it. You know? yeah. And then we had, uh, we had fried rice with, uh, so with snake blood on it. Like snake blood was like the seasoning. Um, okay. <laughs> the, powder of soy. the next level from that is like, there was a table right next to me that was, that uh, had a like snake in a hot pot, oh. a freshly killed snake. And then they just drop it into the, into the hot pot. And wow. That's amazing. That's, uh, you know. All right. Awesome. So let's transition. Um, so I, you're obviously again transitioning into the into the China stuff that you're doing right now. You joined Enter China, so can you talk a little bit about why you joined the community, and then you know, kind of how that's helping you with with your import business, so you can jump into the bear nutrition stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so Enter China is is, is 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 great. The there are a few things. Uh, I think it provides like a really good framework uh, for. Uh, Basically, anybody who has a general interest in physical products, in particular, of uh, international trade, you know. So even though I may not be sourcing my products from China, uh, there has been and continues to be a whole lot of, uh, you know, a good host of resources and a, and a great network uh, for international trade. So you know, finding, uh, you know, finding freight forwarders, you know, getting through customs, and then you know the whole. Uh, entering, you know, fa- frankly, entering entering any market of some sort, right, uh, from the ground up, uh, it's been it's been it's been wonderful. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, sort of background work on persona building, audience developing, uh, messaging, how to look up and how to figure out how to uh, how to communicate with these, you know, the the, the people that you intend to sell to, uh, and then you know, how to you know, almost sort of nuts and bolts wise. You know how to advertise and sell to them online. As well. So, uh, lots of good resources, and then the network is is is, is wonderful as well. Uh, so, there are there you know you can think of them as as, as you know Google but pre vetted for you. You know, so it's, it's it's been great, and a lot of that applies to both. Uh, it applies to both. Let's say, uh, you know, entering the U.S. market, but you know, I think there are a lot of parallels also to the uh, you know to, to the Asian markets as well. To talk about Bears Nutrition uh-huh. just really briefly, uh, so Bears Nutrition started at the end of 2016 when uh, he's my co-founder. Uh, he called me up. He's uh, his name is Kevin Young. He's uh, of the he was the lead investor into GoGo Van, which was the only silk excuse me Hong Kong tech unicorn uh, billion dollar valuation recently. Right, uh, he was a former UNICEF chairman. Uh, and you know, effectively a serial entrepreneur and and, and philanthropist. Uh, he has been a mentor of mine for for some years, and uh, his the way we know each other is because his uh, college roommate was uh, is my brother in law, right? So you know, he calls me up at the twenty sixteen. <laughs> Funny how this all works, right? It's like you know, my your your cousin's grandpa's like former roommates, you know. Uh, Ranch, yeah. like long lost. No, I love it, man. <laughs> Funny uh, how it all works. That's the way it always is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, he calls me up at the end of 2016, and you know, him and my sister—they're on vacation, right? And they're having a little bit of trouble, you know, finding you know high-quality nutritional products that are convenient and on the go, uh, and 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 uh, and and most importantly, are developed by by experts, right? So they called me up when I was in Norway, right? They said, hey, can you take a look at this? 
I looked around in, 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 in Europe, right, or on, on the Italian Amazon and, and you know, around in Scandinavia as well. Couldn't find anything. So, you know, Kevin gives me a little challenge and says, hey, well, why don't you take a look at the space, uh, you know, as, as sort of an analyst, right? Take a look at the size of the market. So, you know, while we were looking at the, 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 the market size, you know, the U.S. was, was, was interesting, but maybe not so compelling for, for me personally, right? Uh, the, you know, sort of youth nutrition and sports uh, market has increased substantially over the past decade or so uh, to around $15 billion annually, right? But the real opportunity that we saw, which just, you know, blew our minds away, really was, was, was the Chinese opportunity. So there are 235 mm-hmm. million kids in China, right? Yeah, 235 million kids, which is the combined populations of the UK, Italy, Germany, and Spain. And those are just the children, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the same time, you know, Chinese household income, it's increased by threefold over the past 10 years. So, you know, their spending power has, has improved substantially. And, and with that increase in spending power uh, comes with, uh, you know, the intention to live a higher quality uh, of life as well, right? The last bit is that, you know, high quality nutrition is still quite difficult to, uh, to be found in, in, in China. And it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one is because there's so much competition uh, within the country, right, that, you know, you get a whole host of fakes, right? So in 2008, there was this melamine crisis, what they call the melamine milk crisis, right, where they found traces of industrial plastic that were cut with milk powder, right? So basically someone took you know, a whole bunch of plastic, they, you know, they, they ground it up into a fine powder, they mixed it in with milk, and they passed it for baby formula, right? It actually led to the deaths of six kids and the uh, huh. endocrine damage of 300,000 like this is the scale of the problems, but also the opportunities in China, right? So, uh, so yep. we saw you know these these sort of three main sets of numbers, right? Two hundred thirty-five million kids, threefold increase in, in household income, uh, and you know uh, massive, massive you know milk crises uh, in particular, but general uh, lack of high quality nutrition or uh, a general lack of trust in in domestic you know uh, domestic food quality, and we thought to ourselves. Uh-huh. If we can, if we can, if we if we can sort of pony up the right team, uh, we've got an opportunity there. So, uh, so we've decided to we've decided to pursue it in earnest, and 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 you know the the amount of support that we've gotten has has been really been amazing, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, with a growing uh, middle class, uh, people are going to look to you know get have a better quality of life and that uh, that involves getting better nutrition and i think people are becoming smarter about not just for their children of course i think people always turn to their kids first um when it comes to things like nutrition and stuff like that but i think even for themselves a lot of the locals are beginning to eat better and exercise and, and things like that and i'm seeing i've seen since i've been here um like i came down in 2014 mm. and uh at the time like if i wanted to get you know, if I wanted to eat healthy, if I wanted to eat like a salad or whatever, it was like super expensive to just get like a normal salad. And since then, like there's been a ton of salad places. It's so much cheaper. It's probably like half the price of what I was, what I was paying four years ago. Uh, and then also like juice, like salad, like getting a freshly squeezed juice and stuff like that just, just wasn't existent or there was like one or two places that I could find and I had to travel a long distance to, to find those places and that's exploded and the gym memberships were super expensive and there weren't that many gyms now there's a gym on every you know every two blocks and uh, the cost of gym memberships have gone down so you know I, I see that a lot 
Um, and in terms of obviously, you know, nutrition for kids, like people take it very, very seriously. And uh, like you said, there's a lot of competition. Um, but I think the space is so new that you know, if you, if you, there's still a lot of area for people to to get into it now. That being said, it is like it is difficult to come into China, um, especially when you, it's exciting, but it's also difficult. But what are some of the challenges that you guys faced? I know you guys are about to launch, but um, even just setting it up and and you know that just that that whole process. Oh, Rico, we could talk for 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 a long, long. There's a very long list of things that we've had to overcome, <laughs> and there's an even longer list of things that 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 are to come. I can guarantee you that. Uh, so. Uh, mm-hmm. To begin with, I, I think you know, for us, it was a lot of it was was the, at the beginning was putting the right team together, right? So, you know, having a guy like Kevin on board, you know, priceless, right? It's excellent to have. Uh, you know, we we managed to get a lady named Laura Davis on board as well. Uh, she's a pediatric clinical dietitian over at Johns Hopkins, one of the top medical institutions in in in, in the states and, and and by extension the world, right? Uh, you know, she saw. A need in the in the domestic U.S. market, and so she said to herself, "Well, you know, mm-hmm. if these guys, if these guys want to hit China, you know, I want to hit you know, the U.S. a little bit as well, right? Um, you know, for, for for domestic needs. So, uh, we, you know, we also got you know a gentleman named Alex Lee, who's a buddy of mine from college, uh, former uh, you know five years of management experience at at, at Costco, right? So, uh, you know, fantastic retail background. Getting the team together, that was you know that was that was." It was really fun, you know. It was, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, going out, meeting people, and, and you know, effectively bringing people on board. Uh, now, the other part, oh boy. So, you know, for us, finding a manufacturer in in, in this space in particular, uh, rather difficult. Order minimums are very, very high. Uh, fundraising was a big one as well. Uh, you know, because if you want to, I mean, if you want to hit China, you know, you can you can you can kind of do it one of two ways, right? Uh, you can either hit it like. Like sort of like you know like kind of out of your, your your college dorm room if you will right so you know, you, you you find a couple of people on WeChat and you know, you basically you send them individual parcels of, of of you know like your your Ovaltine powder that you can buy with relative ease in Australia or you know uh, what have you right uh, I've I've heard of, of of you know stories of people who've started off with that at the right time of course uh, and, and and managed to build it into into, into quite large things of. Uh, you know, but if you want to do it, if you want to do it, you know, with 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 some scale, it's it's and and go into China. You know, you have to develop relationships and develop relationships and, and develop relationships. Uh, and then not only do you have to develop them, you also have to trust them, which is which is also, um, you know, uh, pot- potentially even more uh, more scary. So lots and lots of due diligence, lots and lots of networking. Of, you know, and just as an example, getting. You know, getting through customs in China is a very different uh, ordeal than getting through customs in, in in the states, right? In the states, it's 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 almost like a it's like an equation, right? Like you fit these criteria, uh, you know, you pay, you know, you you have your customs bond, uh, you know, you, you work with a you know you work with a you know the right partner, you know, you're effectively and and you know you have your labeling right and everything set up, then you're going to be fine. China doesn't quite work like that, you know. China is more like, hey, I have a buddy who has a buddy who has a buddy, you know, who has, uh, you know, who is able to get, you know, product through customs with, uh, you know, legally, of course, that's that's number one, right? But the thing about the thing about China customs is that they're so, you know, frankly, number one, they're they're quite scattered, even though they're, um, 
even though there is definitely like strong central governance, there are local interpretations of that central rule, and that's for that's across product categories. But the other thing is that you know they're 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 under such high capacity, uh, they've got such overcapacity that uh, getting product into the country, you know, you have to develop relationships with people to do it to even be able to do it legally. So um, that's just. Yeah, you know, that's just part of it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I always I wonder how 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 they manage to actually ship out and sh- and import so many products because uh, just the scale is is crazy. Because you just think about them supplying the rest of the world, and then mm-hmm. and then also at the same time, you know, people the rest of the world trying to trying to break into the Chinese market. So it's like <laughs> it's uh, I I could imagine that um, you know just the sheer scale means that they they have to focus on certain things and. It puts certain things in line, and if you don't know anybody there, then you're probably going to get put to the back of the line. Absolutely, and 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 Enrico, that is a very very long line to be in the back of. You know, to be to be to be quite open. Yeah. You know, we've been we've been very fortunate, and and you know, because you know, for us, you know, because we have we have a board, we have shareholders, uh, and you know, just because we're the type of people who would do this anyways, uh, you know, we've managed to 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 get the right people on board. We can get product through legally and in a you know a, a transparent uh-huh. way uh, above board with all the proper paperwork and so on. Uh, you know, you know, we we we've managed to do it legitimately, which makes it all the harder. But you know, we've managed to do that, so we're very proud uh, of, of of our team for being able to accomplish that. Um, that's 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 honestly it's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. There are quite a few others as well, but uh, uh, getting getting the right getting the right contacts is is, is very important. Hey, what's up, guys? We will return to regular scheduled program shortly, but I just wanted to let you know about a new service that we just launched. It's a design for manufacturing service. We've hired a very, very fantastic industrial designer who has experience working with uh, doing DFM for South American manufacturers as well as Chinese manufacturers. And I think our rates are pretty reasonable in comparison to what you'd get if you're working with a company based in the U.S. just because of labor costs, right? Um, Yeah, so what we can now do, what SSA is now capable of doing is taking a crudely drawn item, product idea on a napkin, you drew it drunk in a bar or something like that, and then taking it into 2D, uh, giving you recommendations on the bill of materials and taking it into 3D and CAD and having that formatted specifically for manufacturers, right? So we're doing a beta launch at the moment. Um, official launch date is June 4th for the beta launch. Um, for anybody that gets in before the beta launch, there will be a special discount. Uh, so if you want more details, Go to the website and shoot me an email. It's Rico at SourceFinasia.com, R-I-C-O at SourceFinasia.com, and just say DFM service in the subject line. Cheers. Would you say that's the uh, that's the 80-20 of, of what you guys have been able to do so far? Is it just putting together the, the right team? You know, I, I think you know. People at the end of the day, I, I think for a lot of businesses, you know, people getting the right people on board, you know, and getting people on board, uh, you know, whether it's customers or partners or distributors or suppliers, uh, is is it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a humongous portion of it, right? Uh, there's a whole mm-hmm. lot of other stuff that we have to do, uh, or we have done as well, which is which is great, right? Um, 
you know, regulatory compliance is a big one, right? So getting the right paperwork you know, for customs, as an example, uh, being in compliance with labeling is also quite a big one. You know, it's interesting because, you know, so, so you know, one of the things that we're bringing into the country, right, our, our, our product number one is it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's a dairy-based beverage uh, that's got sort of the building blocks for, uh, for, for a child's, child's growth. Uh, inside of it, right? All developed by Laura, who's, again, uh, a, a world-class pediatric nutritionist, right? So, you know, you can you can imagine that if you want to be in compliance with FDA, uh, which was you know, the United States Food and Drug Administration, if you want to be in, in compliance with their stuff, right, uh, there's a whole, you know, laundry list of rules that you have to adhere to, right? Uh, and we managed to do that. We used that as sort of a basis uh, for, for our labels uh, to get into China. They said, hey, this looks really good, except you know, there's the, the ingredients is all messed up. And we said, Why? what do you mean by that? You know, this is, this is all, these are the exact types of words uh, and, and the names of the ingredients that we have here, right? Uh, you know, FDA, mm-hmm. right? Well, they said, well, actually, what we do here in China is that um, and, and, and again, this is just our experience. Yours might be very different as well, um, you know, because again, so much heterogeneity within the, within, within the country. Uh, they said mm-hmm. that they have English translations of their uh, Chinese ingredients list. So basically, you know, we would call something, let's say, you know, ingredient A, like uh, in, in, in English, the Chinese would translate that into you know, the Chinese version of ingredient A, right? And then they would translate it back into English, right? Not using... <laughs> so now all of a sudden, you know, what you call ingredient A is now like ingredient like A, A, A6 or something like that, right? Or, you know, A, A.1, yep. you know? So uh, so yep. there's all kinds of stuff like this that happens, you know? Constant, constant, constant. Yeah, I mean, uh, it happens in... But I mean, I haven't dealt with it in terms of imports, but and it happens in just daily life. Like I see translations, and I can clearly tell that this was taken. This is like an English word that was translated into Chinese and then translated back into English. You know, it happens a lot. Like with like um, even movies. Like sometimes I'll, I'll like I'll go to the cinema, and then I'll see I'll be watching a movie, like let's say a Chinese movie, and then I see the the subtitles, and. Uh, you know, I, I could just tell, like, the translation. This is somebody who, you know, took this word or took this phrase, an English phrase, translated it and, into Chinese and translated it back into English. So it completely changes the, the meaning. Like, I, I can tell because, yeah, I've been here for, for long enough to, to pick that up. But I could, I could see how, like, for, you know, like, people who haven't been here before or are not familiar would be extremely <laughs> confused by it, you know. It's, it's, it's very funny. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 yeah. So yeah, as, as an example, right. Like if, uh, you know, if, 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 if like, uh, the Avengers infinity war comes out, right. You know, that gets translated to Chinese yeah. translated back. And now instead of it being infinity war, it's like, you know, battle of a thousand years or something like that. Right. So, um, yeah, <laughs> lifelong, you know, dynasty battle. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time you're thinking yeah. to yourself like that, that, that's Iron Man right there. You know, he, he's a human. He doesn't laugh. <laughs> so, you know, so you know, we've had to lovingly endure, uh, quite a few, uh, let's say, uh, things like that. But, you know, the, I think there's there's sort of no there's no opportunity that can be realized without overcoming 
these kinds of you know, challenges or hurdles, if you will. Uh, because if it really was that easy, everybody would be doing it right. So, exactly. Well, yeah, there's there's the high barrier of entry, um, but then the reward is is also very high if you're able to to make it through. Um, I think one thing that you said that's very important that I just wanted to highlight: just building the team and the partnerships, especially like on the ground in China or having people that have connections in China, because um, even. I mean, of course, I've talked about it with the manufacturing space a lot on the podcast and on our YouTube channel. But even just like, for example, we registered our company last year, like in mainland China. We had a Hong Kong mm-hmm. business before. But like when I was looking at the mainland registration, I, the first time I came across it was three years ago, four years ago, before I even started the, the business. I was just reading about it and I was reading all these stories um, of people that, you know, it took them six months to to do the registration, and it was like some ridiculous amount of money or one year, and like all you know, all the all the craziness that they had to go through going to this government building, that government building, signing this document, bribing this person, and I was like, man, like this is so crazy, like, and uh, you know, eventually we started the business, and you know, I start to think about uh, mainland registration for the purposes of being able to get better quality. Um, employees uh, and then also just long-term benefits and uh, you know just through the meeting people and whatever I ended up getting introduced to an agent in Guangzhou who works for a Chinese company that does business registration and you know I kind of looked into the background they've been doing it for 20 years and you know so far like even that other I spoke to one or two other clients that they've had and everyone is like yeah these guys are great and then they were also significantly cheaper than any of the other like all the reviews and stuff that I read about other companies, like these guys were like half the price. And then, you know, the registration took two to three months. And it's like that, that only happens because I was able to, because of being here for a while, I was able to meet a local company that's reputable that has the local connections that does things cheaply. And I didn't have to go anywhere. Like I just, anytime they needed us to sign documents, they, we would sign them, give it to them. And then they would take it to the various government departments. I mean, I did have the most irritating thing about that situation was like, I would sign a document and then they would send it back to me like two week a week later and be like, you need to sign this or you need to change your signature here. Or like, <laughs> it's like all these tiny details, but like it was better than, um, all the crazy stories that I'd heard before, but just yeah, it's like building those connections on the ground here. I think is is extremely important and can make your life so much easier. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's, it's because I, for whatever reason, there are so many people, and I think they're I think they have good systems in place. There are just so many so many people that you know if you want to get anything done, you know you have to know anybody's people, and if you want, to, I mean, if you want to get things done the right way, right, like you know. Uh, in a way that's 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 above board and so on, uh, you know. My experience, at least, is 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 that you, know, you have to meet people. Yeah, I I'm, I completely agree with you. So, what is uh, you guys are about to launch? What are the next steps? I guess yeah. What are the next steps um, for for your launch? And you know, what do you have planned? Yeah. So so we actually so we launch. Let's see here. We launch uh, at the end of this month, actually. So we'll I'll be out in Shanghai uh, from the 23rd to the 27th or so of uh, of, of, of this month. Uh, it's a massive, massive uh, children's uh, goods expo. So we've been told that the attendance should be somewhere around 100,000 people, something like that, in, in, in that general range. Wow. Right? Yeah, so humongous, humongous, humongous attendance, right? Uh, and you know, you can it's imagine almost uh, it's almost it's almost Canton fair numbers. 
<laughs> exactly, like humongous, humongous numbers of people, right? Uh, and 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 so, you know, you can imagine that a place like this that's so specific to uh, you know to 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 children and, and, and baby products, there will probably be 15, 20 different stroller manufacturers there, right? And that's just the stroller manufacturers. Uh, so we'll be launching there. We're very excited about that. Uh, we so we you know just to uh, take a quick step uh, back, you know, so we've set ourselves up quite well. Uh, with with the right partners, right? So we have an import partner, uh, you know, that import partner, fantastic uh, presence in the U.S., actually head, 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 heads based in the U.S., and then, uh, uh, and then, and then they have operations in, in, in China as well, of course. So, you know, this, uh, this, this group, they've actually successfully imported for, uh, for Muscle Farm, for Muscle Milk, and, and for, uh, you know, previously for EAS Myoplex, which was later bought by Abbott Labs, right? Uh, so, very strong, very, very transparent, very above board, which is excellent. Uh, we've also gotten to, uh, into a strong distribution agreement as well with a, with a Chinese distributor. Uh, fantastic, fantastic lady. Uh, former pediatrician, which is perfect for us, right, uh, who operates a network of over 2,000 doctors uh, who, I, I, it's, it's a little bit strange, but it, it's just you know, quite standard over in, over in Asia um, for, for physicians to actually recommend uh, you know specific brands of products. So she she operates a, a network of over two thousand physicians throughout the country. Uh, we're super super excited. They've committed to order minimums. They'll be you know they'll be purchasing uh, you know partially in advance. Uh, you know which which reduces our working capital requirements. Uh, we're we're very excited to work with them. Uh, very very excited. You know lots and lots of work to do on our end as well to hold up our end of the bargain, which is we're more than happy to. Uh, and so. You know, uh, so let's say the three parties, uh, us, the importer, and the and the distributor, uh, collectively, we will be going to uh, we'll be going out to Shanghai to this to this expo, and we'll be launching in, in full force. So, very, very excited about it. Uh, you know, gearing up for launch. Uh, for, you know, for, for for your listeners. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that that process of gearing up for launch of. You know, we're we're effectively a consumer company, right? Like you, you know, to 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 boil it down to uh, as 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 short and as simple of a of a message of what we do, we basically make expert formulated products for like nutritional products, you know, for kids on the go and for for, for sort of you know parents who are uh, who are rather busy, right? Uh, and we make them at high quality. So, you know, in that so so basically, we're we're, we're a consumer company, right? Like we're, we would, we would probably fall under CPG, right? Consumer packaged goods. Uh, so, you know, for us, because we're uh, very mm-hmm. consumer facing, you know, we've developed, you know, a whole host of media, right? We, we put together like five or six uh, hero videos, if you will, of, you know, highlighting, you know, people who are uh, like, kind of, let's say, quite well accomplished in their general fields, usually athletics, right? Uh, you know, sort of supporting and endorsing the product, right? And supporting and endorsing the brand. Uh, to that end, we have Adam Creek. Adam is a... Uh, He's a, a, a 2008 Olympic gold medalist for the Canadian men's rowing team. He was Stanford Athlete of the Year in 2007, and he, you know, he's spoken over at TED Talks. You know, he's rowed two thirds of the way across the Atlantic Ocean from Senegal, you know, almost to 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 the Caribbean. Right, uh, you know, amazing guy, motivational speaker now. Uh, so he's 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 you know supported the product, which is great, and supported the brand. Uh, yeah, and, and a whole host of others, right? Uh, so, getting a lot of social proof was was really important for us, uh, you know, to bolster uh, our prospects for launch. Uh, let's see, 
you know, we've put together a whole bunch of media, right? So, you know, we did photo shoots with pretty much our entire network of parents and children. So we had 4th of July last year, you know, we went to sporting events, we went to, uh, we sponsored a hockey team, a uh, whole bunch of media. So we basically have this like giant war chest of, of very healthy, very happy, gorgeous children who are, who are having the best time with our product, right? Which is, you know, it's not just for, for smart kids, it's for, you know, uh, smart and active and healthy kids. So. Yeah, I guess uh, the other question I was going to ask is, um, in terms of distribution, are you guys keeping stock in China? Or are you, di- are you, do you have it in different places? Or are you keeping it like in Hong Kong and then shipping it over when you need it? How's, how does that work? Yeah, uh, oh, it's a great question. Uh, so, so when it comes to, let's say, supply chain, uh, you know, we considered, we actually considered, uh, we considered Hong Kong for a bit, uh, but warehousing in Hong Kong, actually, we were surprised to find that it was, it was, it was rather expensive. Uh, so, you know, we, we actually will be, we will be warehousing, uh, a, a bit of product, uh, in, in, in China, uh, a lot of due diligence that went into that, including having, you know, sort of a third party visit the site, you know, personally, uh, and we had them bring a GoPro, right. So that, so that they could, uh, sort of live stream, you know, what their, what their facilities look like. Right. Uh, and we, and we actually, you know, the other thing that, that might be useful for, for your, your, your listeners is that we actually had them do it. Uh, within like two or three days notice. So they didn't have time to like, you know, put up together like this dog and pony show, right? You know, like, all right, guys, break out the yeah. moss, you yeah. know, and like turn on the air conditioning because someone's coming. No, we, we, we pretty much just barged in on them and said, hey, like <laughs> with, with a GoPro of all things, right? Like, hey, you know, can we take a look? Oh, great, thanks. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, as, as, as you know, the, 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 the warehouse that we ended up with, working with, they were, you know, very, very professional uh, and uh, very well organized, uh, which is extremely important for, you know, can, you can imagine a children's nutrition product. Uh, uh, so we, we will be we will be warehousing, uh, you know, a small amount of product uh, in China. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And OK, so going into closing questions, uh, the first one would be, do you have any advice for somebody who's trying to break into the, the Chinese market? Uh, yes, uh, network, 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 and network. Uh, you know the word. If, if there's one thing, if there's one word that that, that I would, you know, you ought to take away. Uh, you know, when you're thinking about doing business in China, it's Guanxi, right? You know, Guanxi is right, Rico. Oh. You, I mean, you mm-hmm. you know more about it than, than anyone, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, Guanxi is effectively it's it's you can think of it as goodwill or faith or face, right? So, it's it's it ranges from things that include. Uh, doing good deeds for others, showing generosity, uh, being poised, and you know, basically building your ability to be trusted. Uh, so, the having good guanxi is not just important; it's uh, it's it's a straight requirement to have good guanxi. Awesome. Three books, podcasts, or blogs that people should read or listen to to get to know you better. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, so, let's see here. Uh, I really like Y Combinator's Hacker News. Uh, it's you can think of it like it's actually reasonably similar to Reddit. It's just it's Reddit, but it's 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 a lot more, you know, you know frankly, it's a lot more tech entrepreneurship focused. So you know, slightly fewer flame wars. Maybe not the best for advertising, you know, to consumers, right? But uh, in terms of the content that's on Hacker News, you know, if you're if you're into entrepreneurship and you're into tech, uh, this is it's I, I I personally just just gravitate towards it, you know. Uh, the second one is, is actually a really good one and it's, it's, it's actually not out yet, but it will be, uh, in not too long from now. Uh, Adam Creek, 
who who was the again the the Olympic gold medalist, Stanford athlete of the year, two thousand seven, motivational speaker and TED speaker, right? Uh, he's going to be coming out with a book called Inches, uh, which is basically it's a it's you know you can think of it as like a, as as a business uh, slash you know motivational slash personal development slash health help self-help book um, that's based on his career as an Olympic gold medalist and as you know a management consultant right uh, fantastic fantastic book uh, the premise of it is is basically at some point you know when you when you sort of like reach your you know the the, the flatter part of the learning curve what sort of separates you from other people is you know just being um, having those sort of very very slight edges right um, and he calls those inches and so you know his 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 book is is all about how you can sort of gain you know sort of a slight edge and just be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, it'll be coming out soon. Uh, look for it because you know it's it's. I've read a lot of them uh, and this is one of my favorites. Uh, let's see. And the you know the third one it's the biography of John D. Rockefeller. Yeah, that one's. That's a really good one as well. Yeah, and no, I like that one as well. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a larger book, but it's 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 very it's very descriptive, and you know, the, the, in general, the biographies of, of of great men are a general uh, general genre of of book that I gravitate towards. Uh, you know, it's 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 almost like reading a it's like reading a playbook of of people who've, who've accomplished great things in life, right? Uh, you know Rockefeller in particular. You know he gets a really bad rap, and part of the reason is because you know he was, you know, somewhat Machiavellian in his approach. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I think one of the other reasons that he got quite a bad rap was because he put a lot of people out of business in a very legitimate way. Um, you know, he, he he just he cut costs and he grew faster than others, and then he ate them up. So there are a lot of things that I probably disagree with in terms of his his his, his business career. Yeah, but lots and lots and lots to be learned from it as well. Uh, you know, very very interesting guy. Okay, so if people want to reach out to you, uh, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, you know, feel free to, to reach out to me at david at bearsnutrition dot com. Uh, all one word: b e a r s nutrition dot com. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, you can feel free to Google me or look me up that way if you want to to, to get into contact with me. Otherwise. Uh, you know, and and oh, WeChat is WeChat is fine for now as well. Uh, so uh, my WeChat name is Davy D A V E Y underscore one. Uh, more than happy to, to 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 speak with people. Yeah. Awesome, David. Man, thanks for being on the podcast. I think this was uh, it's good. I want to talk more about imports because it's just something that I'm personally fascinated um, with. It's something that I want to do in the future, and I think um, it is a very, very, very difficult thing to do. And I think that's why it's very appealing to me. And <laughs> I, I, I like to think a lot of my uh, my audience is is kind of shifting in that general direction as well. It's oh, very nice. Yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, Guanxi. Remember the Guanxi to the to the oh, just to the to the to the listeners. Rico, I'm sure you're the, you're the, you're you're an expert when it comes to when it comes to building Guanxi. Uh, you know, you have to be really. So, uh, yeah. You thank you very much as well for having me on. This is this has been uh, a real pleasure, and uh, Enter China has has been a wonderful experience for me. I've learned a lot. So happy to give back. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties, but uh, it's par for the course with with uh, Chinese internet. So, <laughs> so it's fine. Made it to the end. Uh, all right. All right. Thank you very much, Rico. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye.
what I want from this is just music. And I said I'm not sure what I want from this is just music, just music, just music. Don't stay with the best, don't use it. Just music, just music, good music.